radio for the Agile community. www.agile.fm Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Agile FM, the podcast for the Agile community. And today I have Mark Kilby uh, with me here on the podcast. And uh, Mark is uh, a coach, mentor. He is a community cultivator. Um, you can reach him at markkilby.com and his Twitter handle is mkilby. Um, Mark will be speaking at the Agile Leadership Conference in Miami and his talk We'll be building community, the power of many. That will be one part of our podcast uh, we're going to talk about today. And um, the other thing is he works in a very interesting company as an agile coach. The company is Sonatype. Um, and uh, what's extremely special about this company is uh, it's entirely distributed, if I'm not mistaken. But first of all, welcome to the podcast, Mark. Thanks, Joe. And I appreciate that, uh, that nice introduction. Well, what is... Um, what is Sonartype? Uh, give, us a little, give, give us some parameters about Sonartype. What? I'm pretty sure a lot of people haven't heard about Sonartype. What yet. is Sonartype? Yeah, so, so I, I, re I refer to Sonartype as, the, uh, as like the BASF of the software industry. You may not know us, but you, you know how we impact you. So, uh, for instance, uh, we, we build tools to help you manage open source so not only dealing with all the different components uh, that you can pull into to your open from open source, mm -hmm. but also what are some of the security and licensing issues that you might have hidden in that open source, mm -hmm. so that you're not releasing that upon your customers. Uh, but because we have those roots in open source, uh, we have this sort of unique way of operating, which is we are about 95% distributed. We actually have a main office in the, in the Washington, D.C. area with a few folks that are based there. But even our executives only meet there once a week. Most of the time, they're working out of their homes. Wow. And, uh, and the rest of us are spread everywhere from um, Australia all the way to Alaska. Oh, my goodness. How big is the yeah. company just in terms of uh, employees? Uh, we're, we're still relatively small. We're... we're just about the 200 person mark we're we're growing rapidly mm -hmm. right now uh engineering or what we like to call the product group we're we're probably a little bit less than half of that number of course another big hunk is the sales group and mm -hmm. um and then there's uh, of course marketing administration and finance and others in there as well mm -hmm. but but um for the engineering teams they're spread out uh, from Thailand to Alaska. So one of my teams, uh, I have I have a three-person team where one person is in Thailand, uh, one is in Las Vegas, and one is in L.A. Oh my goodness, <laughs> that is a, a quite a distribution here. Before we um, before we talk about your role as an agile coach in an environment like that, and I think uh, listeners right now are thinking about, oh, that is quite a um, diverse uh, set of countries these these people or, live or, and work or or crazy collection of, yeah. crazy collection <laughs> exactly before we go to how this impacts you and your agile work is like why is Sonatype distributed well so the some of the original founders of the Apache Maven project were the ones that also founded Sonatype and so many of them had met 
in the open source community were used to working in an open source style. And so when they launched Sonotype, it was not unusual for them to have a few people in Europe and a few people spread across North America. Mm-hmm. And then as they, as they had the need to grow, they just reached out to more people in the open source community that they uh, valued their skill sets and trusted them as, as collaborators. Mm-hmm. Of course, now these days we're, we're reaching a little bit beyond that. Uh, but but it's still very much reaching out to whoever are the best and brightest, no matter where they're at, who feel very strongly about improving the open source ecosystem. Wow. Wow. So it's definitely about skill sets and about people uh, that bring the right uh, ingredients to building this product, and they're just distributed, and that's why the company is distributed. Now, the big question I think all the angelists are waiting for you the answer uh, is. Uh, how does this impact your work as an Agile coach? Uh, usually, and the, the Agile Manifesto really carries even a statement about face-to-face uh, communication, right? Um, we could say video is somewhat face-to-face, but this is clearly a very different way of working, especially with such a high rate of distribution. How do you operate as an Agile coach? Right. It, well, I could, I can. So the short answer is, I still have all my hair. I've not torn it all out, uh, <laughs> so, so it's all still uh, firmly implanted. Uh, mm-hmm. But, but actually, uh, over most of my coaching career, I have either whether you consider it fortunate or unfortunate, I have worked with different distributed teams. Uh, so for about a period of five years, I was with. Uh, uh, rally software, as you might recall, and, mm-hmm. and we we dealt with all kinds of teams um, in in different locations. Uh, but even before then, with some of the smaller companies I was at, I, I never it, it was actually a luxury for me to have a co-located team. I think probably ninety to ninety five percent of the time I was dealing with somebody remote, whether it's one or two people working from home or clusters of people, and I always had that situation. So Sonotype for me wasn't that big of a stretch. It was unique in that it was completely distributed, mm-hmm. but that was something I had I had always kind of hypothesized with some of my fellow agile coaches is would it work if everyone was equally distributed, if they all had the same kind of setup and not somewhere in the office and somewhere out of a mm-hmm. central office. And so far, it's worked quite well. Uh, we've, we have, um, oh, I'm trying to think now, we probably have close to 11 or 12 teams with using a mix of Scrum and Kanban. And uh, some of those teams are collaborating on particular products. So we're dealing with scaling at this point. And having those teams collaborate, mm-hmm. and uh, and basically many of the same principles apply. Just the practices need to be tweaked, right. and this is something I've been working on for the last few years and starting to blog more about. And, and as a matter of fact, uh, a couple of years ago, I started giving a talk about what were the differences and actually did a little checklist against the Agile Manifesto. Mm-hmm. And most of my teams could check off the four values. They 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 definitely. Uh, valued individuals and interactions over mm-hmm. processes and tools, but we needed the tools to stay connected. Right. So those were those are still important to us. Um, and all the principles, all twelve principles applied. Just we interpret face to face a little differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for for us, um, you 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 mentioned how it's valuable 
to have people with strong skill sets. For us, it's not just the technical skill sets. It, the communication skill sets are even more important for us than probably any, any other environment. So when we interview uh, candidates, we'll, we'll ask them. Oh, you're giving uh, secrets away now, Mark. You know that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> but, uh, but when we interview candidates, we'll, we'll ask them uh, how, how they interact with teams now and how much time they've actually worked from home because we don't want to put them in an awkward situation. Mm-hmm. But if you've spent some time where you spend maybe uh, one week, two weeks, or a month working from home, you've, you've learned to start adjusting certain things like over communicating in certain ways than versus what you would do in an office situation. Mm-hmm. So, so what you would share maybe verbally in a meeting, you might now also share in chat in an email just to get a, a certain mm-hmm. concept across. And so that's something that we tend to, to, we amplify certain things based on how, a particular team or team member needs to collaborate. Mm-hmm. It's very actually, it's very interesting uh, that you say that the communication skills are actually more important in an environment like this. Uh, probably easier in a in a um, co-located uh, environment to do this. Do you think knowing um, obviously you know the distributed part a little bit more from your experience than the working with co-located teams? But what do you think is easier or harder for the coach? Uh, what what scenario? being just well so so there's a there's definitely a few things that make it more interesting uh retrospect is being one of them mm-hmm. uh so still very challenging um to do those and this is where you really need to be creative as a coach uh so in some cases it's bringing in different tools or some very or tweaking some of the techniques you know in, in a way that it can still work. Uh, so for instance, let's say you're doing an exercise where you, you might need to create some safety and you, and you need to have it anonymous. Mm-hmm. There's still ways to do that, but you might have to work a little harder as an agile coach to get that to happen. But it's, mm-hmm. it's not impossible. You mean like voting or something? Uh... Like voting or, mm-hmm. or maybe just gathering, uh, gathering insights. And mm-hmm. if, if you need to keep it anonymous, how can you do it so that even you don't see the results or the team trusts you enough that you're not going to share what they send you. Mm-hmm. you know, you're not going to share who sends it, I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's one. Another one is, is navigating conflict. So that one is definitely more challenging. And what is key there is to really make sure, one, that you, you definitely have video in place. That's, that's a minimum mm-hmm. for dealing mm-hmm. with conflict. But even before that, you really want the, the chance for the teams to connect with each other. So whether, you're, whether you, you have uh, simple working agreements or you subscribe to something more like a, like a liftoff type mm-hmm. of approach where you go a little bit more in-depth into what are the strengths and weaknesses of the team and what are, what are each other's tendencies, you want to try to establish those as soon as you can as mm-hmm. a natural coach. Uh, so one of the first things I do anytime when I start working with a remote team is I'll just start having uh, one-to-one conversations with mm-hmm. them uh, and just see what is it that they feel like they're challenged with, how well do they know each other, and where they feel they might need help. 
And mm-hmm. so as an agile coach, I try to build those connections as quickly as possible when I first enter one of these remote teams. Very, very good. So retrospectives and, and conflict. Now, conflict is something um, where I, when you just were like talking about t- conflict, isn't that something that would be less common uh, in, an, in a distributed way? I mean, I'm just picturing like an office environment where people are together for eight hours. Here you have a team, uh, somebody you mentioned earlier in, in Thailand and Las Vegas and, and uh, Los Angeles. Isn't there like potential for conflict much, much uh, lower? Uh, so I'll put it this way. Distance has nothing to do with the amount of conflict. Uh, it is more where you have people that care about their work, you will have conflict. Mm-hmm. And, and it doesn't matter in what scenario they're in. They're, okay. they're, 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 gonna, they're, gonna, they're going to have different approaches, different ideals, and they are going to want to express those ideals mm-hmm. in some form. Um, and so it, it's helping team members understand what are their tendencies as, as introverts or extroverts or, or what you, whatever tool set you can use to make them aware of how they react to conflict mm-hmm. and, and how others on the team react to it and how they can use that to the team's advantage, not their personal advantage, but to the team's advantage to figure out, okay, how can we navigate this? How can we really explore all the options for whatever it is we're, we're having an, an intellectual debate about? Mm-hmm. And I, I will say this, that, that the majority of the time it is, it is far more intellectual but there's still emotions involved. There still will be frustration and an upset because the the people involved are very passionate sure. about what they're working on. Yeah. yeah. Well, very interesting, uh, fascinating actually. So for everybody out there listening to uh, Marks and comments about uh, um, distributed teams and, and coaching in this environment, um, uh, this puts brand new insights uh, to me. Uh, to be totally honest, uh, how an organization of uh, that size, entirely distributed, can still operate in an agile fashion. Probably credit um, to you and your work. Um, now, let's switch over a little bit to another topic I wanted to talk about because you're going to appear uh, at the Agile Leadership Conference in Miami, which takes place on the 2nd of November in Miami. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you will present with Stephanie Davis um, a talk about building community, the power of many. And before we go, yes. to, the, before we go to the community work, I do have to share a little bit of a personal experience when I came to the Sunshine State for uh, work myself in the, I don't know, seven years ago, 2010, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, there was pretty much nothing going on. I want to be honest with you. In, in the uh, Florida community, <laughs> right. yep. I, I Googled uh, events and th- there was really nothing going on. Now, within seven years, this has drastically changed. Um, I'm just going to throw some, some terms out and then we put them probably a little bit into order. There's Agile Florida, there's Agile Tampa, there's Agile, um, Agile Open Florida, and there is the South Florida um, Agile Association, the SFAA. Um, mm-hmm. So how does this all work together? Uh, you are, you're an integral part, and uh, if you're Googling these terms, like Agile in Florida, you're going to see a few things popping up. They're not competitive. Right. I think the most important thing is I don't think they're competitive. I think they're all, all helping each other. Is that correct? It, it, absolutely. Uh, we, it, it is a highly collaborative group uh, across the state. Uh, so uh, uh, just a, a slight touch of history. Mm-hmm. Uh, so about the 
about actually about 10 years back, 2007, 2008, um, uh, Tampa Bay Agile uh, was forming and Agile Orlando was forming and we were as any young user group we were kind of struggling to get established and there was a South Florida group at that time uh, but but that one kind of faded uh, Orlando actually fell over twice we'll, mm-hmm. we'll, I'll, we'll put it we'll put it that way I, w- I won't go into the details there's actually details on my blog mm-hmm. if you're if anybody's really curious uh, but but the third time that we decided to put it back together, uh, there a couple things happened. First, uh, I, f- I finally took to heart the Agile concept of doing the simplest thing that could possibly work. And so mm-hmm. we, we, so we, st- we restarted with Lean Coffee. And, and for those who, who may not be familiar with it, it's just a very simple way of bringing people together to talk about the topics of interest to them. Mm-hmm. And and uh, we we grew we regrew uh, at Orlando from from Lean Coffee. We actually now have four separate ones uh, throughout the space of a month all over uh, Orlando, which is is quite large now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the same time, Tampa was starting to kind of regrow, and that's when I I decided, you know what, I not only need help here in Orlando, but I just want to see what other groups are doing. So I. I went to the Gemba, so to speak. I went and visited. <laughs> I used that lean concept, and I said, you know, I'm just going to start visiting these other places. So I went to Tampa and saw what they're doing. Uh, met Stephanie, met her uh, her co-founder Ryan. I talked about what they were doing. Happily, did some talks for them. They sent some folks our way. Did some talks for us. I actually introduced Lean Coffee to them. Same thing for South Florida. I went. Uh, they did their first conference uh, about three or four years ago mm-hmm. which i think is where we we bumped into each other that's correct yeah. uh again mm-hmm. and um and and basically showed them some of the things that i heard learned through my experience as a as a consultant agile coach uh and and so we continued to to look at how we could all collaborate because we're Florida is a very big state for those who haven't visited. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so there, there was room for all. And, and so with that, uh, from the space of about 2009 to now, we've collaborated on a number of different events, including um, Agile Open Florida, which is uh, our, our, com- our statewide conference which uses the open space format, and uh, this year will be our fourth year. It's actually coming up on October 6th, and this year it is in Lakeland, Florida, which is Mm -hmm. somewhat between Tampa and Orlando, but it's still easy access for the South Florida folks. And and, uh, we try to move it around every couple of years. So the first two years it was in Tampa. Uh, This year will mark the – 2017 will mark the – the two-year mark for Orlando, mm-hmm. and we're hoping to see it in South Florida next year. And and the idea is it just it migrates around to just reconnect the Agile community in Florida. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, how big is the community now in, in Florida? Um, I don't know if you have insights into Agile Florida or possibly only into Orlando. Yeah, well, well so, so Agile Florida, I should say something about Agile Florida as well. So, so oh, Agile sure. Florida, if you go there, yeah. agileflorida.com, if you go there, that's really just the active, the current active user groups. Uh, so you'll see 
uh, Adjo Orlando and Tampa and South Florida, uh, Gainesville. Uh, there's actually a Jacksonville group that's not on that site yet, but we're, we're trying to get them up on that site. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, that's just sort of the umbrella to introduce people to, here's what's happening in Agile in Florida. Here's who you can contact. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so they don't have to contact me. They can actually reach out through, through Agile Florida. Nice. And, and, and through that as well, there is a Slack community that really connects all of Florida. And so that, that Slack community is how we, we do most of the collaboration across the, the user groups in Florida. We've also, when the Scrum Gathering came here last year to Orlando, that's how we, how we recruited our volunteers mm-hmm. and, and coordinated volunteers that way. And uh, I would say right now, uh, if, if I have the, Current counts, correct for Tampa and South Florida. We're probably looking at close to probably uh, fifty-five hundred to six thousand agilists across those different user groups that I know of that wow. I'm aware of. That's yeah. that is a huge number for sure. Yeah. And um, just imagine, you know, the the capital of Florida might also add a user group at some point. <laughs> uh, well, so actually, uh, through the Agile Open Florida Conference, we've had some folks from Tallahassee visit mm-hmm. us, which is the capital, and uh, we, we keep telling them that we're happy to help them start. <laughs> uh, so. yeah, no, and, I, yeah, go ahead. Well, so I was going to say, and, and of course, Agile Florida helped inspire something through uh, the Agile Lines as well. So I don't know if you want to get into that now or we could talk about it later. No, definitely. Uh, please explore. Uh, that, that's interesting. I'm, I'm not aware of that. That would be, that yeah. would be very interesting. Yeah. Uh, so in 2015 is when uh, Stephanie and I and, and uh, Alex and Rick uh, from South Florida, we got together and provided an experience report to the the Agile 2015 conference, the big conference, mm-hmm. uh, talking about this was our experience. Um, and I believe the title was something like, is your user group dying? Then form a statewide learning network. That was our response, <laughs> which is exactly what all three groups did. We were all struggling and we found our strength in, in collaboration. Mm-hmm. And, and from that, members of, of the board reached out to us and said, hey, do you think you could take this to a larger scale? And uh, we, we thought about it. We said, yeah, sure. So uh, last year, we launched what's, what's called now the Community Group Support Initiative, which is a member initiative of the Agile Alliance. So now Stephanie and I, and uh, with the help of Craig Smith, who is with, um, uh, I believe, uh, Agile Brisbane mm-hmm. in Australia, we are now collaborating on how do we help any Agile user group get started through this initiative. Right. Yeah. So as part of that, uh, we help them get their meetup site set up. Uh, we help them connect with other Agile user group leaders. And we're putting together sort of a, um, you can think of it as an FAQ for, for user group leaders. Mm-hmm. So it, how do you find the right kind of venue? How do you find sponsors? All those things that a new user group leader would struggle with. Uh, and then we'll expand upon that to what do the more successful groups look to next? Like, how do you start your own conference? Because we've all done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those are the kind of things that we're now doing really worldwide through the Agile Alliance. And that's, a, that's a wonderful uh, story. If you had to uh, compare the Florida 
uh, landscape right now as of 2017 with, with other states in the United States based on your work with the Agile Alliance? What kind of insights do you have? Where does, where does Florida rank in terms of user group maturity? Uh, that, that's a tough one because there's, I mean, you could look at it a couple different ways. If you looked at collaboration or, uh, of neighboring groups, uh, I think Ohio has a very strong network from, from what I can tell. Uh, and certainly the groups in California do quite a bit of collaboration. Mm -hmm. Uh, but if, if you look at, um, you know, size of conferences, there's, there's several local user groups that have some really impressive Mm -hmm. conferences even even for uh regional so you've got agile denver uh you've you've got of course you know uh the the event that you start up in new york city mm -hmm. so so it's not it it's not so much we look at the maturity but more how how well do these groups serve their their local community mm -hmm. in that they help educate their members and those outside and how well Uh, do they also help other user groups? So and so that's that's the connections we're trying to form right now. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the one of the the topics we had a meeting at the at the Agile 2017 conference, and one of the things we talked about is how well do some of these user groups reach out to other groups? So whether it's a PMI group or uh, IBA, which is the business analyst community, mm -hmm. or maybe Swift. Specific technology groups like Docker or Java or .NET or whatever, uh, we 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 shared some of that in in papers and blog posts on how can you keep the community connected and and continue to share not so, not only what works best for your community but what could help other communities. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's that's where we try to give back and help build those connections. Yeah. So it sounds like uh, three attempts, right, at least for the Orlando uh, user group and the third one really that stuck, right? So this is one this is to last. Yep. And uh, and this is uh, the model, right? And you will you will present on that topic the building the community and what's really cool about this talk is you bring Stephanie in with it, right? So we're going to hear both sides of uh, the user groups and how uh, this was a win-win a, a situation. Um, now, one thing um, I was wondering when you mentioned uh, Agile 2017 here a minute ago, does, does a large event like the, the last conference in 2017, the Agile 2017, the large five-day conference, does mm -hmm. something like that actually help you in the community or is that actually uh, counterproductive for you as your as community because so many people are coming uh, to these large events well it it certainly it certainly helps me because I, I get to connect with many different uh, people and so does Stephanie so Stephanie actually was on the Agile Alliance board she just rolled off uh, she just finished her three-year term mm -hmm. and um, and for us it, it allows us to connect with Uh, potential speakers, you know, such as yourself, mm -hmm. uh, who who might be coming through the area, and and, and let people uh, let you know that you know there is a community here. Would love to host uh, and and uh, introduce you to our community and and share what insights you have. But also, it allows us to connect with some of the other user groups. So we had uh, probably ten uh, or twelve different user groups represented. Uh, there were probably more, but of course that 
conference is so crazy with all the simultaneous events, it's it's hard to get everybody uh, connected. So, uh, so I would say it it helps in that perspective. But another way that it helps, and I don't know how many how many times a local community takes advantage of this, is when a conference like that rolls into town. Uh, how can you get act, how can you give your people who may not be going to the conference access to those speakers mm. so uh for instance we had uh, Woody Zoll uh come and do a, a session on mob programming for Azure Orlando mm. uh tonight uh we we've got uh, as as I was telling you earlier uh Jens Ostergaard who is a longtime scrum trainer. Uh, actually, we, we took our scrum training together years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's moved to the, to the Orlando area, but he's bringing Alistair Coburn with him because Alistair is still in town after the conference. Yeah. And uh, so so that's that's a rare treat to get get uh, folks like that to, to come and, and visit. And right. so whenever whenever come whenever the Agile conference rolls through our town, we, we try to get, you know, uh, additional opportunities mm-hmm. uh, for our membership to to meet those uh, those thought leaders. Right. This is definitely it's it's all about being connected. Right. Putting these pieces together. That seems to be the secret sauce. Um, I can't say only now for now me spending a little bit more time in the Florida area myself. Uh, I can only share that the the, the the landscape has entirely changed. When you um, search for agile user group events, there's an, 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 an avalanche of uh, search results. And it's not, oh, yeah. only, it's not only for the next two weeks. It's actually it's out there, October, November, and so forth. So if you travel through this area as, um, as an agile coach from out of state and you're interested in one of these events, I'm pretty sure that almost every week there's something going on. The size of the... Uh, state though florida uh, because it's so big um obviously puts a little bit of a little burden on people coming to events from other cities but you know hearing that you um, guys are expanding into other parts of florida this is uh this is very interesting um what i do think there's actually two things uh, while we're discussing this right uh there's probably two things going on here when you as a community cultivator uh and you work for sonotype and uh, you have a ton of experience of distribution and in large states like Florida or let's say Texas and so forth, mm-hmm. um, there might be even a way for these very rural areas uh, in the United States, which can meet in person, but um, maybe maybe they want to reach out to you and see how you do it for for the company because that, that is something they might be mapping to a, to a user group. I was just thinking out loud here. Um, but on the other side, it's, it's this whole thing. We're talking about these two topics here and your um, workplace being your home office and then the community work. Is, is the community work also something for you where you can meet people in, in person? Mm-hmm. Is, is that something you take away as a, as a big plus? Oh, oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, so uh, so for, for Sonotype, uh, even though we're distributed, we still value face-to-face. Uh, so not only do we get our entire engineering group together once a year, uh, but but for for kicking off special features and, and new products, mm-hmm. we'll we'll bring people together. So usually uh, people within the company will have an opportunity to meet face to face two or three right. times a year, and that's still not enough. Right. Yeah. So so as part of that, we encourage people to go out. And connect with their local user groups, or if they want to 
if they want to work in a co-working space, mm-hmm. you know, we'll we'll look for ways to uh, to support them in that. Uh, we have a few digital nomads that, as long as they can find uh, no good bandwidth, they mm-hmm. will they will go wherever and uh, and and make you know make. Uh, you know, make and meet commitments to their team still, mm-hmm. but at the same time, they're 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 visiting beautiful places all over the planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, connection's important. Connection's uh, so, important, yeah. Yeah, so connection is just as important for me. And so, uh, going out and 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 meeting these folks. So I uh, I have not been able to do it as much this year as I have in past years. But there was a time where I was going to all all four lean coffees in Orlando, just because I got to meet the different people across the, right. the city and would road trip occasionally to Tampa, South Florida, about four hours away from me. So that's a little bit longer drive, but, mm-hmm. uh, but it would not be unusual for me to road trip around the state. Uh, so, so it's, it's making those connections and, and showing people that you're willing to invest the time that you're willing to invest in them. Uh, I, I think that's important. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's why I do it. Well, I want to thank you for um, the work you're doing for these uh, communities because definitely uh, this has transformed uh, the way the community works now. Um, if you are interested in uh, uh, hearing more about this and seeing actually examples and uh, as part of an open space, uh, obviously in the conference at the Agile Leadership Conference in Miami on the 2nd of November, uh, everybody has access to uh, Mark. There's also another access that is markkilby.com, and there is Twitter mkilby, and uh, this email addresses, and there is Agile Florida, and all these things we talked about in this conference. Uh, there should be a way of uh, how to connect either with you or with other people in in your network, and um, and be a part of this. Thank you so much for your time, Mark. Oh, thank you for the opportunity, Joe. Thank you for listening to Agile FM, the radio for the Agile community. I'm your host, Joe Krebs. If you're interested in more programming and additional podcasts, please go to www.agile.fm. Talk to you soon.